Live here from the Eagle Newsroom, this is the My Aggie Nation podcast. I'm Travis Brown with the Eagle over there, Alex Miller also with Eagle, and our special guest here on the big board since it is draft week, Shireen Williams. Shireen, how's it going? What uh, What's new in your life of covering the NFL? Well, it's a busy week, obviously, with the draft going on, and then we'll slow down a little bit. There'll be some OTAs coming up for for teams, but it's starting to slow down a little bit and that's good. So there's never a day off in the NFL. People say, what do you do in the off season? It's always busy in the off season, 365 days a year. I, we can understand that, uh, pro football talk and, and, uh, a distinguished alumnus. I think it's the first time we've talked to you since you got your distinguished alumnus award. What, what, what did that mean to you? And, and how, how is life being distinguished? Uh, you know, it's one of the greatest honors of my life. Obviously everything came after I went into the pro football hall of fame with the now newly named Bill Nunn award, formerly the Dick McCann award. And when you go into the pro football hall of fame, you know, that kind of opens up some other awards and we have the Texas sports hall of fame, uh, induction into the journalism wing coming up next month. So that'll be another great honor, but you know, it's, I guess if I had kids, it'd be like choosing between your children, between being a distinguished alum at Texas A&M and going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, being voted the Dick McCann Award winner uh, from your peers. So both of those are right up there, 1A and 1A, I think. Um, but but a huge, huge honor. You know, only a little over 300 uh, former students have won that award out of the 555,000 former students. So a, a really cool award that I'm just uh, honored and, and humbled to, to receive. I feel too young for it, to be honest. <laughs> I, hey, that's always a good thing to feel too young for, for anything. I'm I'm breaking down by the day, so I, I understand <laughs> yeah. feeling young is good. Let's go into some draft talk. A&M players, uh, as it usually is um, with them, a, a large, large contingent of A&M players that potentially could uh, hear their name called, but I know Kenyon Green, DeMarvin Leal, Isaiah Spiller, kind of the cream of the crop there. What what do you see from this A&M draft class uh, and, and some of those top names that are, that are, might get their name called? Uh, you know, I, it's going to be a, a large contingent of Aggies, as you said, being drafted. And I would expect Kenyon Green to be the first of those to go. However, having said that, um, my boss, Mike Florio, just did his first mock draft, and the first player he had selected from A&M was DeMarvin Leal, going right before, going 23rd, right before Kenyon Green to, to the Cowboys. So I think there's a chance that DeMarvin Leal could go in the first round. I think it's more likely that Kenyon Green is the first of those Aggies to go. To me, the most interesting name on the list is Jalen Watermeyer. Does he get drafted or does he not get drafted? If he does, I think it's going to be a late third-day pick, seventh round, and I think he's too talented for some team not to draft him. But if he doesn't, he'll have his pick of teams, and that's always good. That's probably better than going in the seventh round, frankly, because you get to pick a team to go to where you think you can make the roster that's in need of a tight end rather than somebody that drafts you that maybe you're the fourth tight end on the roster. And we'll have a harder time making the roster. Sure. And Weidemeyer is actually the guy I was going to ask about next because I uh, talked with him today and he said that the two places that he went to visit was Buffalo and was Dallas, like uh, the, the Cowboys. Do, do you see a guy like Weidemeyer fit, fitting in with, with the Cowboys? 
I do because they need a tight end and that makes perfect sense because of what they have at the position. Of course, they use the franchise tag on Dalton Schultz and they have Jeremy Sprinkle, who's mostly a blocker. But other than that, I, I would think that they're going to draft a tight end at some point in this draft. And, you know, he just tested so poorly. Uh, he had 14 career penalties. He had drops last season. Five catches, no touchdowns in the fourth quarter last season. I didn't even realize that until doing research uh, from, from some of the scouts. So his numbers were just not there. And I had scouts right after the season telling me, he better go back to school. He better go back to school. He better go back to school. And, of course, he didn't go back to school, and now he's in the draft. He'll get a chance to make a team. There's no question about that. Uh, and I hope he does get drafted. But he hopefully this – serves as a wake-up call that he's not going to go in the first two days of the draft, that, all right, I've got to put in the time. I've got to put in the effort. If I want to become an NFL player and not go get a job doing something else, I've got to get going here. So hopefully this is the wake-up call that he needs. Yeah, you know, you mentioned how Kenyon Green's projected potentially to be drafted by the Cowboys. Offensive line, certainly an area of need for, for Dallas. You know, Kenyon's name's been mentioned, I see, with some others. Who, who are some other people that Dallas might be looking at? And, you know, it, it seems like the last two years, they've just kind of gone best available with CeeDee Lamb and Micah Parsons. Certainly has worked out for them. You know, what, what are you kind of yeah. seeing where the Cowboys might go this first round? Yeah, it has, and you're right. It's a, it's a good observation that they've sat where they were the last two years, and, and the guys have fallen to them that they didn't expect to be there. And those two players, CeeDee Lamb, and Michael Parsons worked out great. And I think that's what they should do this year. Sit at 24 and wait to see who falls to you. I'm going to be really surprised if they don't come out with a lineman. And probably leaning more toward the offensive line. It wasn't that long ago. We were talking about the Cowboys as the best offensive line in football. It's been a long time now. It feels like since we've talked about that. Since Travis Frederick retired um, and Tyron Smith has been injured. Zach Martin had a few injuries two years ago. Uh, Now Lyle Collins is gone. They need to rebuild that offensive line. I'll never forget. I learned a lot from Bill Parcells when he was here as the Cowboys coach. And one thing I learned that after the quarterback, the two most important positions uh, are your offensive line and defensive line. You have to build those. Yeah. And you think about it. If you have a bad offensive line, if you have a bad defensive line, you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl. The Bengals, what they did was amazing last season. Being able to get to a Super Bowl, as bad as that offensive line was, it usually doesn't work that way. You need a good offensive line. So time for the Cowboys to rebuild. They have an opening there at the left guard. Connor Williams is gone. Connor McGovern is penciled to go in there. But Zion Johnson is the guy you look at from Boston College, offensive guard, uh, same as Kenyon Green. So one of those two guys would be my favorite to go there if either one of those guys are there. And then I think you look along the defensive line if they're not. Uh, perhaps one of those Georgia defensive linemen, Devontae Wyatt's a name that, that you see in that general area of the draft. Um, but those would be the two things, probably offensive line or defensive line. I'm going to be surprised if they don't use that first round pick on, on one of those two positions. At running back, Isaiah Spiller is a guy that that put up some outstanding numbers for the Aggies, but was a little bit injury prone. Um, What what did you see from him in the time that he was an Aggie? And and, um, how do you think that he projects to the NFL? 
I love Isaiah Spiller, and a lot of scouts love him too, despite the 4.63 40-yard dash that he ran. Remember, Emmett Smith ran really slow on his pro day too, which caused him to fall in the first round. Probably won't be a running back draft in the first round. I mean, that's kind of become the MO of teams is to wait until later in the draft to take running backs. But Isaiah Spiller is going to be one of the first running backs taken in this draft. First, second, or third running back taken. Probably a second-day pick, uh, that second to third round. Perhaps he waits and goes in the fourth round. But I think somebody will snap him up in the third round. That's kind of the general area I expect him to go. And what scouts love about him, I talked to one not too long ago, is that he's a three-down back. He can block, he can catch, he can run the ball, and they just really like what he does. And you talk about the Cowboys and your running back, they're going to cut probably Ezekiel Elliott after this season unless he redoes his contract. Maybe they come to some contract agreement where they, they cut his salary and he stays. But more likely than not, they're done with Ezekiel Elliott after this year. Tony Pollard becomes a free agent. Maybe they resign him. Maybe they don't. But you're looking at a completely, possibly a completely rebuilt running back room after the season. So maybe a team like Dallas that wouldn't be your first thought to get Isaiah Spiller would be a team that would draft him thinking about the future at that position. But a lot of teams need running backs, third to fourth round. He's going to hear his name called, and he's going to get a chance to go play for somebody and be very productive in this league. I think he will be very productive in this league. I'm going to throw you one little curveball here. And I know you talk to a lot of scouts. You kind of have a pulse on um, what the scouts are hearing and seeing from the players. How has or has not NIL affected this draft class? It, you know, a lot of people thought maybe that might cause more guys to stay. Um, because they can make some money now. But I know when I was talking to Jalen Weidemeyer, he said having a year of NIL kind of gave him that itch, kind of got him ready for the business of football. And, and that was one of the reasons why he felt like he was ready to go. Have you heard anything in regards to NIL from some of those scouts? I really haven't. I've heard more about COVID. Like COVID has really changed the last couple of years of this draft. A, how they evaluate players and some players stayed who might have otherwise come out earlier. And, and so they got less practice time for, for a couple of those years, uh, off-season work. So I think it's probably been more COVID talk than, than NIL talk. But you're going to see some guys make more in college with their NIL deals than they're going to make in the pros. That's going to happen in the coming years. Hadn't happened yet, but in these coming years, it's definitely going to happen. And I do think it, it's a great story, and I hadn't really thought about it, Travis, but you're exactly right. That might be uh, something that's going to affect the futures of some of these guys. They may end up staying four years when otherwise in, in previous years, they would have come out after three years. So that is something to watch going into the future, but it is going to be interesting when some of these guys make more money in college than they're going to make in the pros. You know, a couple of AM guys, I'm kind of curious to see where they land potentially. One is Michael Clemens. Two is Aaron Hansford. Clemens, incredible just measurables uh, on the D line played really well down the stretch last season. Hansford, once he moved back to linebacker seemed to really get his game going. And especially last year when they really needed him once buddy Johnson graduated, Shereen, do you, do you have any kind of pulse on wh where they might be headed? What, what's, yeah. Yeah, I think both of those guys go around the fifth day. So kind of early-ish on that third day of the draft, which is Saturday. The problem with Clemens is, you know, he transferred so much and the injury history with him. 
He's almost 25 years old. That's really old for a rookie NFL player. And, and teams don't like to take on rookies who are 25 years old. And obviously he has the uh, arrest, um, which is a red flag for teams. And I'm, I know they've addressed those with, with talks with him, uh, but he's talented. And so I think someone, again, is going to take a chance on him on that third day and could end up with a really good uh, pass rusher. And then Hansford, uh, same thing, probably fifth this round. He'll start out as a core special teams player. If he's good on special teams, uh, he's going to stick around and could stick around for a really long time. But he projects probably as a backup outside linebacker to start uh, and a core special teams player. And he does that well. He'll eventually get his chance to, to start for a team. But both of those guys, you know, could be steals on that third day. So to kind of round out the group here, he mentioned Michael Clemens and Aaron Tansford. You have Leon O'Neill, Jaden Peavy, Tyree Johnson, Seth Small. Do you have a dark horse pick out of that kind of group, Weidermeyer and below of a guy that that really sticks out to you that maybe could be um, something of a, of a late round or even a, an undrafted free agent, Jim? Uh, uh, well, I really like Leon O'Neill and how far he's come in his career, the immaturity early in his career, became a team leader and all those things. I know they talk about, you know, the penalties that he had, some of them for undisciplined things, eight penalties in the last two years. He had some missed tackles last year. I get all that, but he has special teams experience. And I just think of of what a good leader he is on that back end there and how he he knows uh, what offenses are going to do. I just feel like that he has a chance really to stick in the NFL and have a good NFL career. And I'm really rooting for him. I mean, I've, I've come to love him on Twitter. I mean, he's, he's a, a big poster on Twitter and I, and I just love following him. Um, so I'm, ho- I'm rooting for him and hope that he has a, a truly good career. And, you know, Tyree, um, you talked about him, he's a three-year starter. And I know scouts say, well, he doesn't make enough plays against the run, but you could use him in substitution packages uh, with those pass rush skills that I think that he could be really good coming off the edge uh, on those passing downs and really do good things in the NFL. And I think he's going to be a, a late round pick. Uh, and, you know, AM is is a kind of a college of kickers, punters and kickers specialists. They just keep putting specialists in there. So Seth's going to get an opportunity, too, to play in the NFL. And hopefully you follow some of those other guys who've come out of AM and had a really good career as a specialist in the NFL. Well, let's, let's, let's finish with these two. Do you, have, do you have a pulse? Do you have a feel on how many – AM players might get their name called as part of the draft. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm going to say seven are going to get drafted. I'm going to have Jalen Watermeyer not get drafted. And if he does, he's the eighth, and that would be fantastic. But you know, AM's going to be right up there with Georgia, Alabama, those, those schools uh, with the most players drafted. So hopefully they have a ton drafted, and we're talking about them having the most players drafted or among the schools with the most players drafted. Georgia obviously is going to have a ton of defensive players and a lot of guys go in the first round. But hopefully we're after this draft, we're talking about the Aggies having a lot of players in the NFL. You know, it, it's always fun to watch Von Miller and, and Miles Garrett and all those guys do what they do and um, and say we followed them and knew they were going to be good back when they were first starting their careers at AM. And I, and I think a lot of these players are going to be really good. I mean, I love Kenyon Green, and I really think that he's going to have a successful NFL career. Isaiah Spiller, I, I think the same of him. He's going to have a very successful NFL career. And DeMarvin Leal could be a steal in this draft. He ends up going in the second round instead of the first round. So 
there's going to be some talent out of this draft from A&M that teams are going to be very, very pleased with when they get them in there and, and realize that, that these guys are really good. For sure. Well, let's close it out with this. And I, I know it might be a question we, we might have asked you before, but it's always good to hear uh, a story from, from, from the living legends. You've covered a lot of drafts. Um, favorite draft memory of, of the drafts that you've covered? Well, I, I've attended a ton of drafts and I was there when Johnny uh, went in the first round and that was exciting. But, you know, I think it was Miles Garrett being at his party here in Arlington uh, when he was drafted number one overall, because it was the first time it had ever happened at AM. And, and I just, I really enjoyed that moment of hearing Aggie's name called number one overall. And he's lived up to that. And so that was exciting. So that would be, that would definitely be number one. And by the way, this will be the first year that that we've had an edge rusher probably go number one overall since Miles was drafted by the Browns. Hasn't happened. And of course, quarterback's not going number one overall this year uh, to Jacksonville. It could be an offensive line, but if I think more likely than not, it's going to be one of those edge rushers. And that'll be the first time since since Miles had that honor. But hopefully here in the next few years, we're going to hear another Aggie go number one overall and we can catch up to Georgia. You know, if uh if Trevon Walker goes number one overall, he'll be the fifth, and that's the most in, in NFL draft history. Uh, USC, Oklahoma, um, there's one other, there's Notre Dame, and and then if Georgia has a another one, that'll be the, the fifth for them. So hopefully the Aggies will catch up to that number here in the next few years and, and have two, three, four, maybe even five number one overall picks. I, I was at Miles Garrett's. Uh... Uh, yeah. selection party with you. And I, I, you know, I had a little bit of trouble getting the communication in there to make sure that I was on the list. So I knew that if I, I walked in behind Shereen Williams, no one was going to question anything <laughs> because it's, it's Shereen Williams. And that worked out for the both of us. So anyway, thank you, Shereen, so much for joining us to break down a little bit of the Aggies in the draft. Uh, good luck to you covering this weekend. And uh, it, it was good to see you at, at, we had a little Eagle reunion at a wedding the other day with a bunch of, of, of the Eagle legends under Robert Cessna. So uh, good to see you the other day. Hope, hope all is well moving forward into draft coverage.